This is the Lost Start of Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Hello and welcome back to the Lost Start of Communication podcast. Today, we're going to talk about an issue that is very particular to me personally at the moment, and that is communication with people who have specific dietary restrictions, whether you are the person who has the dietary restrictions or you know people around you that do. For anyone who knows me personally, I absolutely love to eat. That is a huge part of my identity. I love food. I love sweets. I love being the person that's not picky, that will just eat anything, and I'm always hungry. But recently, I had some health issues, and I went to a naturopathic doctor, and I am now on a modified diet. She hit me with the prescription of giving up gluten, dairy, soy, corn, and sugar. And of course, I went to this doctor just before the holidays, so even though I'm starting this diet for 60 days and then we'll reintroduce different foods based on how I'm feeling, for the whole holiday season, I cannot have all these foods that I adore. And it's been a lot more challenging for me in social situations to not limit myself in my social interactions and to communicate my needs and express how I'm feeling about this topic. And so that's why we thought it was a good one to do today, especially because so many people nowadays are giving up particular food items or developing allergies or are trying to eliminate certain things for the sake of their health. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I really love this topic when you brought it up, Trisha, because it is something that a lot of people go through and it is something that as humans now in this day and age, we have a lot of people we know who are introducing a lot of dietary restrictions to their diet and it does impact so many of our social interactions because food is typically the center of social interactions. So I'm really excited to talk about this because it has been something I've been thinking of and it's it's planning for this episode allowed me to think a little bit more about how do I treat people who have different dietary restrictions because I don't have any right now. Not to say, well, I sometimes limit a little bit of dairy, but (laughs) (laughs) otherwise I don't. And so it's allowed me to think a lot more about this and how I treat other people who have dietary restrictions. Yeah, I think it's becoming more common these days too, because so much more information is coming out about the way that we process our food. So I personally listen to a lot of nutrition podcasts. I read a lot about nutrition. So for a long time, I've been considering giving up maybe one or two of the things that I now have to give up. But more and more often, I think people are being encouraged to start eliminating different foods from their diets, or even if it's just starting with eliminating processed foods, a lot of people still eat a lot of processed foods. To me, I gave that up a while ago, so it's not that hard for me anymore. But in the beginning, it was more challenging, especially if someone offers you a bag of Doritos. It's hard to say no, because when someone offers you something, it's a gift, and you want to accept that gift. And sometimes it's very challenging to refuse an offer of something and it's not always easy or comfortable to say 
oh no, I'm trying to avoid processed foods without sounding snobby or sounding like you're better than them or insulting. Say, I can't believe you'd eat Doritos. I would never put those in my mouth. No offense to anyone who eats Doritos. Sometimes I eat them because they're offered to me and that's the polite thing to do. But it changes significantly when you, like in my case, are no longer given the option. Obviously, I have the option to eat whatever I want, but for my health, I know that I shouldn't. I'm on this very strict diet at the moment, and so it's no longer, oh, let me cut back and just have one Dorito. It's, no, I can't put that in my body right now. And it's hard to explain that to people that you don't know very well, and even sometimes with people you do know well who have seen you for years as being this person that loves ice cream, suddenly you can't eat ice cream. It changes things, and it limits the amount of activities that you can engage in with that person. You brought up a good point saying you don't want to come across as snobby because I think that's a lot of the times what people's thoughts are. They're snobby. They're entitled. They're doing this to show off how healthy they are. They're going to rub it in my face. Um, things like that. It, it, it come, People have their own preconceived notions about others who have special diets. And that's what makes it so hard to then interact with others in social situations because you're you're preemptively predicting what other people are going to think of you. And a lot of times that comes true, and it's hard. And I'm assuming it's hard. I've never experienced it, but it must be really hard. It's true. And I used to have all of those notions myself. And I remember having a friend in particular who had a very limited diet, vegan and gluten-free and dairy-free, and couldn't eat a lot of spices. And so I only went out to eat with her one time, and it was just a very complicated experience. Didn't make me value her friendship any less. It just kind of limited the amount of things that I would invite her to. And that is a fear of mine now. It's like, wow, I don't want to stop getting invited to stuff because people think, oh, Trisha can't eat any of this. So we're going to talk about some strategies that you can use to make sure when you are in those situations surrounded by foods that you love and may maybe are not able to eat, ways that you as the person with the restricted diet can cope with that and still enjoy that experience things that maybe you should avoid, especially in the beginning, and then ways that the other people who have the friend that is now on the diet that is new can navigate that situation. And also how you present what your dietary restriction now is, so then it doesn't come off already snobby. And also, just as a warning, I guess, you cannot control other people's thoughts. There are going to be those people who do think, you know, wow, she's too good for us now. That's not your problem. You do. You have to mentally prepare your brain, and you can only do so much. So that's just something, I guess, to mentally prepare for, too. I don't know if that's been your experience, Trisha, but... Not really. This has only been happening for this is my second week on this diet, but the... And I think in the beginning, it's particularly challenging because you're not used to it yet, but oftentimes people will roll their eyes. Oh, so-and-so can't eat gluten, or, you know, or waiters. And sometimes, so one thing, talking about going out to eat at restaurants, as Molly said, it's the way you present it. You can either walk into the restaurant and act very entitled and say, what gluten-free options do you have? I can't eat this. I can't eat that. Accommodate me in a way that can be off-putting and pushy. Or you can be honest and say, look, I can't have gluten and I can't have dairy. What menu items do you recommend for my situation? And if they don't have anything, ask what accommodations they can make for your situation, but do so in a kind and polite way. And it's okay to acknowledge too that 
These people are going out of their way to accommodate you. So say thank you, express your appreciation. You can even preface with, I know that this is asking a lot of you, but do you mind asking the kitchen what kind of oil they use to cook this fish? Something like that. And you can choose your limits. If you know that, for example, I had fish at a restaurant recently, I didn't ask what kind of oil they cooked it in, even though it's probably corn oil and I'm not supposed to have corn. That's a limit for me. I don't, I'm not so allergic that I'm going to get sick from that. But some people are, and that's okay to ask that. Speaking from the other end, when I was a waitress, I would when someone would ask for something to be gluten-free, I would ask every single chef, is everything gluten-free? Because I didn't want that person to get sick. Some people are going to roll their eyes and are not going to understand your situation. So just like Molly said, you have to mentally prepare yourself that some people just won't understand. But if you deliver it in a way that is saying, hey, look, I really need your help with this, as opposed to, I'm expecting you to bend over backwards to serve me, then you're more likely to get better treatment and people are going to want to help you. Something else, too, I was just thinking of when you were telling that is as the person with the dietary restrictions, you can do a little homework on your own before going out to eat to figure out if this is even a possibility. So I have a funny story about my boyfriend who is a pescatarian, meaning he doesn't eat any meat besides fish, and he worked with youth a couple months back, and so he was on this outing, and afterwards they all went to In-N-Out. <laughs> and so Which is a burger restaurant. Out. Yeah, is a burger restaurant on the West Coast. So, and in Austin. So when they were there, he was in the drive-through line, and he was like, "Uh, do you, can I have a vegetarian? Do you have a vegetarian version?" And they're like, "Yeah, of course, yeah." And he's like, "Oh, great!" <laughs> and when he got the burger, it was two pieces of bread, lettuce, and tomato. Oh my no, gosh! <laughs> no patty of any sort. Ew. And so Joey. He obviously was like, all right, that's fine. I shouldn't have expected anything more because it is in and out. So having, you know, he could have gotten really mad and been like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this establishment doesn't accommodate people who are vegetarians or pescatarians. But he had this already mental note of like, hey, I'm probably not going to eat. It's fine. (laughs) And so mentally knowing where you're going out to eat, doing your homework, things like that. So he went home and had his own meal and it was fine. But he was able to think about that and um, not get upset because he wasn't expecting a great meal from In-N-Out because he's a pescatarian. Yeah, and we live in a very convenient time period where you can generally always look up the menu for a a restaurant online before you go in so that you can see those accommodations. And a lot of restaurants I've noticed on their online menu will label if something is gluten-free or dairy-free or vegetarian or vegan or whatever when sometimes the menu... At the restaurant, doesn't say those things. So you can always ask the waiter too. But like Molly said, do your homework before you go somewhere. You can even call them and make sure it's going to be okay. But I will say, practically speaking, we don't always have that luxury. I was invited to dinner last week and I thought we were going to this one restaurant. I looked up the whole menu and then at the very last minute, change a plan. So then suddenly I had to scramble and find something that could work for me on that menu. And so... When you have the option, yes, do your homework. But if not, it's okay to ask the questions that you need to ask. Another thing is you can communicate what you're going through to the people that you're with. My first experience in a social setting with this new diet was very tricky because I was with my boyfriend and his grandparents, who I had never met before, and sister and her husband. And so they didn't know he didn't tell any of them that I had any of these limitations. I had looked at the menu beforehand 
and chose what I was going to order, but I didn't, I couldn't really say to them what I was doing. I could have, but then eventually I did, and they were like, oh, she's on a diet, and (laughs) didn't really get why I was giving up the things I was giving up, which is totally fine, but when they offered me dessert, I had to just politely say no, and it's okay to explain why so that they didn't think I was just being rude or, oh, I just don't like dessert. It's okay to articulate that if that makes you feel comfortable, but also you don't have to explain yourself if you don't want to. Just say, I don't feel like dessert today and this is what I want to order. One point on that is to be confident in your reasoning and your delivery. So something personal I'm working on is not discrediting my own thoughts and opinions. So if I had a dietary restriction, knowing myself, I might say something like, I know it's stupid. I know, I know. And it's almost over. It's just for a little bit, but I can't eat sugar right now. So sorry, guys. I, you know, oh, it's so stupid. Instead, it's important to be confident and own up to what you're doing and know that whatever you're doing for, whether it's dietary, like losing weight, um, to feel better about yourself or for health reasons you have a valid reason for doing what you're doing. Otherwise, you wouldn't be doing it. So be confident in what you say. So you can disclose or you don't have to disclose the reason. But regardless, you could say, I'm doing this for health reasons, so I'm not eating sugar. Or like Trisha said, you can say, don't feel like sugar right now. Either way, your opinion is your opinion and it's valid. Yeah. I had a friend who couldn't eat gluten and she hated being the person at the restaurant that would say, oh, I can't have gluten. So she would just ask, you'd say, oh, I don't really like biscuits. Can you substitute grits or something like that? And that's up to you. I would, I'm the kind of person that would feel more comfortable telling the people I'm around and just so that they know where I'm coming from, especially for me, because it's such a threat to my identity. It's, it's, I don't like being perceived as the picky eater. I, I am so comfortable and in love with being the person that is flexible and can eat whatever and loves food because that's who I've been my whole life. And so it can be very personally challenging. Another thing I learned from that dinner with the grandparents was I ordered a specific dish that I saw online was gluten-free and could be made dairy-free. So it was a beef tenderloin with a cream sauce. And so their only way to make it dairy-free was just not bring the cream sauce. Well, my boyfriend ordered the same exact dish, but with the cream sauce. And they brought my sauce on the side. So the sauce was there. And everyone at the table was raving about how great this sauce was. And my meal was fine. But it would have been a hundred times better if I didn't take every bite imagining what it would have been with the cream sauce. So just a takeaway tip from that for anyone who is navigating a new diet, generally, in my limited experience so far, the menu items that are prepared and organically will not have the things that you can't have are going to be better than the things that they have to accommodate. They serve the beef with the cream sauce for a reason, and if there's not another sauce to replace it, for example, it might not be as good. So opt for the items that are already fit your diet as opposed to looking for an item and then trying to sub out a bunch of different ingredients. Of course, that's not always possible, so do what you have to do, but I I learned I'm not going to order the same thing modified as someone else at the table because then the whole time, all I'm going to do is think about what it could have been, and this is such a such a profound lesson in mental strategies of how to not have FOMO and how to not be competitive. In my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a not a competition, but I'm second guessing every 
thing that I eat, everything that I order, and I'm comparing myself with everyone else at the table. So I need to learn how to accept what I have and connect with my purpose and say, look, I'm eating this and it's delicious and it's better for me and I'm going to feel better after and it's good for my health. But I think, especially in the beginning, it's a moment to moment reminder that you have to do for yourself especially when it's thrust upon you and it's not something that you actively decided you wanted to give up all these things. So it's so important to just channel into yourself and try really hard to minimize the noise of others around you because there is a reason you're doing it, again, for health or for personal choice. Probably a lot harder when it's thrust upon you two days and you're like, oh, change everything, (laughs) to change that and try not to compare yourself and think of others. But... That's one of the best strategies you can do. Yeah, I almost started crying in the middle of that meal just because it was so hard. But it was my first experience in public with that. And that's what made it so hard, too, is I couldn't even... My boyfriend knew about this this diet change, but I couldn't talk to him about it because he was entertaining his family. And they didn't know about it. So I was just sitting there in silence by myself like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. I don't know how to get through this. And I couldn't talk to anyone about it. So that's what I meant earlier when I said it's helpful sometimes to disclose it and say, look, this is really hard for me. Do you mind not talking about how great the cheese sauce is? And eventually I think everyone at the table realized because when they were eating dessert, his sister like looked at me and was like, it's not very good just to make me feel better, <laughs> which I know she was lying, but it did make me feel a little better. Cause, and then no one else was like, oh my gosh, I love this. Like they were doing for the whole rest of the meal because I think they realized it was bringing me down because I was just sitting there like, wow, I can't have any of that. So don't focus on what you can't have. Focus on all the deliciousness that you can because my meal was fine and it would have been so much better, again, if I wasn't sitting there mentally blocking myself from enjoying the meal, comparing myself to others. Yes. So we've talked a lot about restaurants, but another big thing, especially this time of year coming up, is the holidays where it's more potluck style. Either someone's cooking for you or everyone brings your own dish. And so I was wondering, Trisha, if you had plans for that or what strategies you thought of already for that. Yeah, so this is really tough. I've obviously told my family and told my mom I would make an exception on Thanksgiving because the doctor said that I could, but the rest of the days that I'm home, I'll be home for about a week, I don't want her to have to go super out of her way to accommodate me, but I also don't want to sabotage this whole eating plan that I'm on. So I've had to be in very candid discussions, say, okay, this is what I can and can't have. I'll fix blah, blah, blah. I'm going, I've already decided what paleo desserts I can bring and what what side dishes that I can make and my mom is going out of her way to make sure that I can eat certain things but it's harder again when you're with people you don't really know so I was invited to a Friendsgiving with a bunch of people who I know casually and you know I know a handful of them personally but not many of them are my close friends, and so I'm probably not going to go, which makes me really sad, but I just know that it would be hard for me to be in that situation since it's so fresh. I think in a few weeks or a few months, then I'll be more comfortable and I'll be stronger, but I'm just a little worried about getting depressed in that moment. But not to say that you have to be limited. What you could do if you do want to go to something like that, a potluck or a party, is one, bring a food item that you know you can enjoy. That's what my gluten-free, dairy-free, vegan friend would do. She would bring delicious food, and she would bring it to the party, and she knew that at least there was one thing there she could eat. What you should also do is eat in advance. 
be prepared to know that maybe like at In-N-Out Burger, there's not going to be an option that suits you. And you don't want to be hungry the whole time. You don't want to be cranky. And if you eat in advance, you're full, you're satiated, you're at the party, you're just enjoying the party and enjoying the people and the social element because you can't cut out the social element. You just can't for your mental health. So I would say do that. It's a little different if you're invited to dinner. I think Friendsgiving is tough because literally the focus of the event is dinner. So unless you're with people that can, can, that know about what you're doing, that's harder an alternative. What I did last night is I just hosted dinner for a group of people at my house because then I know like, hey, I can make these foods that I can eat. No one even knew. The people that were there, half of them didn't know that I was on any sort of dietary restriction because you can make it work. So if you're someone who likes to cook, like I do, then invite, make your, bring your social situations to you so that you don't have to constantly keep going out to enjoy them. That's such a good idea. I do want to make a point about how you are skipping the Friendsgiving or maybe skipping the Friendsgiving. I think that's so great that you are thinking ahead. So what you said about not skipping all social interactions, 100%, yes. You cannot rule out all social interactions. You will isolate yourself and then become very sad. But the fact, Trisha, that you were able to think ahead and say, this one, I don't think it's going to benefit me the way that other maybe friend dinners or other interactions would, you are preemptively thinking about yourself and making sure that you're keeping your mental health and physical health there. And... That's going to happen sometimes. And you're right, it's going to suck a little bit. But in the long run, I think that's really important and strong and important to do. So kudos to you for that. Thank you, because I just know I could picture myself being there and just being really feeling isolated in a group of people, Mm -hmm. just feeling alone, like I have no support because there's not going to be anyone there that really gets my situation. And I Mm -hmm. don't want to go around telling everyone at the party, oh, I can't have this, I can't have that, oh, you poor thing. Another thing, just in your communication with people who are on these sorts of diets, when I was offered that dessert and then I said, oh, no, thank you, and then someone said, oh, I forgot you're on a diet, I kind of cringed a little because this, in my mind, a diet is something voluntary that you do often for weight loss. Not true at all. People do diets for all sorts of reasons, and that's totally valid. If I were on a diet because I wanted to lose weight, that's fine. I could be on a diet for the most superficial reason you can think of, but that you need to realize that when you come across someone who is not eating gluten or not eating dairy or not eating sugar, whatever it is, you don't know their reasoning behind it. Maybe they just want to be on a diet. That's fine. That's their choice, but maybe they don't have a choice and maybe they're being told for medical reasons they can't have this. It's an allergy, something like that. In my case, it's tricky because I can't say I have an allergy. I feel like people understand better when you say, oh, I have celiacs or I have an allergy. For me, I don't, but I was told by the doctor to do this. So I just, for most people to say for medical reasons, I'm not eating blah, 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 and they don't pry. But remember, often you don't have that time, especially if you're working in the restaurant industry, for example, or if you meet someone for the first time and you offer them a dessert and they say no. You may not have time to really get their full story, so always assume the best about people and assume that they're doing it for a valid reason because they are. Whatever reason they have for not eating that thing is valid because it's their decision. Yes, 100% yes. So speaking on that point, let's talk a little 
a little bit about how you can treat others when they are, when you're around people with dietary restrictions. So like Trisha said, assume the best of people, whatever reason they have is valid. Another thing I try and do when I'm around people who have dietary restrictions is try not to make a big deal out of it. Like Mm -hmm. I think the way that that girl presented it to you, she was trying, she was to me, it sounded a little like she was talking down, like, oh, sorry, you're on a diet, and making a big deal, and, like, just backing away and not really engaging, and I just, it didn't seem forthcoming or warm, mm-hmm. and so it's probably hard for that person who's on the dietary restriction, so think about that, make it a little bit more normal, so in that instance, if I did offer someone something that was on their diet on accident, and I forgot that they had told me they're not eating that, I could say something like, Oh, sorry, um, forgot about that. We have other things in the kitchen, too. Maybe give another alternative or that just... Yeah, yeah that, I don't even know, actually. When I'm in the middle of my sentence, I'm like, I don't even know. But that's I guess alternatives are good. point. So I was actually having tea the other day with a friend, and I told her about it. And so that's why we got tea instead of lunch, because it was easier. And then after an hour or so, she's like... Do you want a sweet treat? I really just want a pastry. And then she saw my face and immediately realized, she's like, oh my gosh, no, you can't. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And and I because she was so kind about it and the way that she did that, and because I had already gone into it mentally knowing I'm just having tea and that's fine, I I was like, please get the, the cake. Please go get your pastry. And she did. And she ate it and it was fine. And I didn't feel bad about it. And she enjoyed it and everyone was happy. So there has to be some give and take from both parties. No, it's not easy for me watching someone eat cake, but you can do it. And then same with her. She felt bad, but she was still really kind and nice about it. So you don't have to, well, going off what Molly said acknowledge it but don't make it a huge deal so acknowledge it in the sense that you are thinking about it and you're considerate of the other person but if she were to say like oh I really would love some cake right now but you can't have sugar or gluten so I guess I won't get any that's gonna make me feel really 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 bad yeah yeah and that exclusionary tone I guess is the way that probably the other girl said it too like oh you can't have chocolate so um the way that this girl did it at the tea place you were at sounds like you felt really good about that afterwards too and then it made you want to kind of say like please go get a pastry that's fine yeah and it made me happy to see her eating and I think that also comes with time and doing this more often but yeah so being accepting and understanding the situation without putting the person down or being dismissive. Another point is kind of like what I did with my other friend where I just didn't invite her out to eat because she couldn't eat very many things. You want to think about what situations you can be in that person around where you're, you'll both be comfortable. So instead of just assuming they're not going to want to do that, ask them, hey, I would love to go out to eat with you. Is there a restaurant that you are interested in going to? Don't necessarily say that you can or that will work for you or, you know, but just make it very casual so that the other person feels comfortable. But then also this gives you an opportunity to focus on other activities to do with your friends. So now that I can't go out to eat all the time with friends, I can focus on other things like going to the park or going to the movies or going shopping and things that I wouldn't necessarily do. It's so easy to default to just having meals all the time, but now I actually get to get the chance to think more broadly about other experiences we can have together besides mealtime. Yeah. 
And then I had one other thought that I wanted your perspective on, Trisha, because I don't know if this would go over well or not. But say it is a new thing for somebody with this new dietary restriction. How would it feel to you if someone started, like, when they realized maybe it wasn't your, you're not happy about it, or you're still struggling with the idea of it? How would it feel if someone said, oh, man, like, that really sucks. Like, let me know if you need any support or anything. Do you think that kind of empathy would go farther with you, or do you just would you rather just not have it? brought up at all oh no I definitely appreciate the empathy because it it was really hard in that moment when that first dinner that I mentioned where no one knew about it and my boyfriend wasn't paying any attention and he was like almost rubbing it in that I couldn't have this cream sauce I needed empathy in that moment and so the the reason it was such a different experience at the tea shop is because the girl showed me empathy and said oh no you can't have that I don't need the cake but it was because she was so considerate of my feelings that it made it a lot easier for me to handle. What is different between empathy is that overly sympathetic, like, oh, you poor thing, you can't eat gluten, that must suck. Like, don't do that because then it's belittling. You want to bring the person up. And when you're the person giving up the different foods, bring yourself up by focusing again on what you can have and the reason why you're doing this. So, no, maybe I can't have the hot chocolate, but I'm not going to have a stomach ache later. That happened. I was with a bunch of people, and they all got hot chocolate, and I got tea, and then 20 minutes later, they were all, like, writhing in pain because their stomach hurts from how rich the hot chocolate was. So I was like, hmm, this tea is feeling pretty good right now. So <laughs> you have to remind yourself why you're doing the thing you're doing so the empathy is a good thing from other people. Just make sure that you keep it casual and don't go too over the top. And empathy versus sympathy right so make sure you're empathizing with them don't give them sympathy like a sympathy hug like oh poor baby yeah unless they're like me crying and kind of ask for it <laughs> but that's where if <laughs> you hug me and call me poor baby <laughs> if you're the person with the diet I think it's also in your court to the ball is in your court to just tell people what you need say look because yeah. some days I don't want to make a big deal out of it and I'll say look let's not think about it let's just have our meal and other times it's like can I please just vent about how hard this is for me? Because it's really hard. Yeah. I and think that's a really good point to share, like, share what you need. There's going to be days when you're like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I don't want to talk about it. And other days where you're like, ugh, I really do want to cry and get a hug. Yeah. And so it's it's really important that you have those people that can support you and surround yourself with people that do support you and understand where you're coming from and don't roll their eyes like, oh, wow, that's dumb. Like, you want to make sure you're with people and you'll know who your friends are when they don't treat you differently because of something simple and like a diet change but that's the thing is when people it sounds it feels in my head so silly to cry over not being able to eat a food like in my mind I'm like oh my gosh what am I why am I such a spoiled entitled person I come from such privilege that I can cry over this like some people are starving in the world but it is a big deal. It's such a central part of our lives. And so it's okay to go through that and you're going to have to cope and don't feel alone because you're not alone. So make sure you have that support system in your life, even if that means turning to blogs and podcasts and things like that. I was just going to say that too. Yeah, Trisha, you've mentioned like going on Instagram and trying to find recipes. But another thing is too going on and finding those accounts of people who are those same dietary restrictions as you and get a little bit of perspective on how they're doing and you know, they can probably empathize with you through whatever post they have, and that might make you feel a little better. Yeah, there's a whole world out there, which does make me feel better. So two more final thoughts. One is, the other day, I finally decided to make a 
gluten-free, dairy-free, refined sugar-free dessert. I'm not really supposed to have any sugar, but it's coconut sugar. I read it's better for you. So anyway, I made this coconut cake and it was delicious. It was like one of the best cakes that I've ever had. And so that was very encouraging for me to know that there are really great alternatives. And we do live in a time where since so many people have these dietary restrictions, there are a lot of options for your baking and for your cooking. So that's a really great resource. It's what I've like spent my whole week doing is just looking at recipes on Instagram of things that I can have. And so now I think it was actually this morning I was at an event and they had all these muffins at a breakfast event and I they just look kind of gross and I wanted them because they smelled good and my the old me would have had like five but I, then I thought about the coconut cake in my fridge and I'm like you know what that's way better tasting and it's better for me and I'm gonna feel better so it's fine just focus on what you can have and the other little point I want to make is just a personal story I used to give up sweets every year for Lent so for 40 days of the year I couldn't eat sweets and it wasn't difficult for me because I had such strong willpower and I think because I knew it was temporary and because it was a choice. This experience is so much harder. One, because I don't know if it's temporary. I don't know if I can ever go back to eating the way I did before. Two, because it wasn't my direct choice. It just kind of happened and I only had a few days warning. It was okay in a month. You're going to have to do this. It was like, okay, try it Monday and it was Thursday or something, right? She wanted me to leave the office and try it. I was like, I'm going out of town. I need a weekend. Which is fine. Do what you need to do for yourself. But then also for Lent, there's a specific reason I'm saying, okay, I'm not giving, I'm not eating this one thing. And it's for a very, it's for a much higher purpose, greater than me. And so it was easy, not easy. It was still tough, but it was a lot simpler in my head. The psychology behind it, I was never sad about it versus this time it feels isolating and it's a bunch of things at the same time and so it's just a very different experience so I think it's really important to remember at the end of the day you're doing it for a reason connect with that reason and be surround yourself with people who respect you and if you're the person with the person with the dietary restriction respect their decision and their choice whether that's their decision to not drink alcohol that's a really hard one but you can still go to bars and order water and it's fine I do it all the time and you can still have fun. And so, but you need to be around people who respect you for that and aren't going to belittle you for your decisions. Just like we applaud people for going to the gym, you should applaud people for choosing the diet that is best for their body and try not to pressure them into eating things that they don't want to eat or can't eat. Agreed. All right. So takeaways. My takeaway this week is to, since I'm not the one who is dietarily restricted. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Cool. Vocabulary. Since I'm not the one who is dietarily restricted, I want to give a takeaway on how to treat others when they do have dietary restrictions. So takeaway, if you do know someone in your life, and you probably do, who has a dietary restriction, take their perspective and maybe even bluntly ask them, hey, what do you need in this moment if you're noticing they're upset? Or just perspective taken, think of another activity to invite them to that week if you know that typically going to a restaurant or eating is hard. So make sure to perspective take with your friends who do have dietary restrictions. To take it a step further, my takeaway is if you don't have a dietary restriction, choose something this week that you really love and give it up for the week and see how it feels just to give yourself a dose of that perspective but make it something relevant to you. So if, for example, you've always pondered 
the idea of going vegetarian, but I've never done it, give up meat for the week and just experience what it feels like to be on that restriction. And if you're the person with the dietary restriction, remember that it's going to be okay. You're not alone. Connect with your why behind what you're doing and just make sure to deliver the information about your diet with confidence and also knowing that you're doing it for something more important than this temporary meal that you probably won't remember in 20 years. You're going to remember how healthy you feel and that's going to make a bigger difference. So respect yourself, respect your body, and don't feel in any way that you're missing out on life because of it. There's so many beautiful things to focus on what you can have and not what you can't. I love that. All right, guys, thank you so much. As always, find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Lost Art of Communication. Email us. We love getting emails. We've gotten some recently, and it's really fun to really take a specific problem or question and, and turn it into an answer, and then you never know it could become an episode topic. I actually got an um, Instagram message from somebody a while back, and she had a question about something, and then we turned it into an episode. So... There are options like that. We listen. Reach out to us. Yeah, and then always rate and review us on iTunes, and that really helps us out, too. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Okay, thanks. Bye.